0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv cast with me, Ian Luke Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today’s guest is the wonderful, Linda Aaron. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more podcast providers. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help us get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Linda's true story about making stuff up. Okay, and today I am very happy to welcome to the podcast Linda. Welcome, Linda.
1: Hi. Hi, Ian. Um, okay
0: yeah i'm good i hope you are well
1: yes i am thank you
0: superb now then i'm gonna jump straight in uh into all things improv with you because i am interested to know before we talk about anything else how did you get involved with liverpool comedy improv
1: right well uh, part of me doesn't even remember how but <laughs> i must have been mooching um on the internet for something and emma's name came up with this and emma taught me about four years ago a six-week course with actors lab where i was a student for about two or three years okay and so as soon as i saw her name i remember her lessons were fabulous so i logged on and joined and the rest is history (laughs) four classes a week so
0: So, is it just the online that you've done, or were you doing some before lockdown?
1: No, I I have done improv beforehand. And uh, I mean, it was in real life when I did it with Emma originally. Okay. But at the moment, obviously, but I've, I've done improv on and off probably about 10 years, but very on and off.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Actors Lab there. Now, a few people have spoken to me about the Actors Lab and said that that's where they met Emma Bird. Can you just tell us a bit more about the Actors Lab and what it actually is?
1: Well, it's a drama school for uh, absolutely anyone. And it's run by Sue Jenkins, who you might know and remember. She's an actress, a uh, Liverpudlian actress. She was in Brookside and Coronation Street. Uh-huh. And she runs it with one of her daughters, um, she has uh, another daughter who's an actress also, and her son is Richard Fleishman, who uh, was in Coronation Street for a long time, and then has made quite a big name for himself. And her husband is David Fleishman, who's um, a Shakespearean actor, and he also takes classes. They have all different teachers, casting um, agents come in and a few people who you know acted on television come in and teach yeah and um it, it was very good and very enjoyable they're actually my management as oh, right. well i cool. management they're good
0: and when emma came in to teach those classes was she teaching improv or was she teaching other things
1: no she was teaching improv and each you had sort of every six weeks you had a different Um, sort of acting class. It would be drama, it would be uh, Shakespeare, it would be a different uh, teacher would come in and teach you a different way and that was a six-week improv course.
0: Ah, Hilarious. Now I've got lots of friends that are actors and they're
1: kind of afraid of improv. Have you found that with other actors that you know? Yes, I have. I've got quite a lot of friends that I've told I'm doing this now, <laughs> um, they they won't do it. They're really scared of it. They need a script.
0: Yeah. What is it you think they're scared of?
1: Letting go. Yeah. Being free. Showing themselves up. Not doing it right. Um they they they're much safer with a script. I think.
0: Yeah. just it just baffles me because i know some really talented actors that i know would be great at improv but they just do not want to make that jump into it
1: i know i've I've done i also did two weekend courses over a period of about three years um with simon naylor at 53.2 Map platform you may or may not in manchester he's quite well known because he had a theater but which he will have again and that was a whole weekend of improv. That awesome. was very, I just find it's, it's freeing, it's fun. Uh, it helps in a lot of ways. I, I don't feel I ever want to learn a script ever again.
0: <laughs> which
1: is not good. But
0: yeah, I, I think I sometimes say I got into improv because I was too lazy to get into acting.
1: I know. <laughs> I, it, It is amazing though, and it does take that stress of learning a script page by page, and such magic comes out of our mouths. (laughs) You never know.
0: Yeah. So when you do learn scripts for acting jobs, do you have any particular techniques that work for you?
1: I don't know if anything works, and as I get older, I'm getting (laughs) a bit worried about it. I think repetition. Repetition, Repetition. yeah.
0: So you don't do things like record it on, on like
1: take some things and play it
0: back? Yes, I
1: do. I actually record the other person's voice. And if it's a man, I do it in a (laughs) deep (laughs) voice. So it doesn't all sound like me. I sort of record both parts, my part, and I also mainly record the other part and sort of leave a gap on mine my words and oh, yeah. do it like that and then always do it like that's the only way I can learn
0: and have you always been an actor or is it something you got into at a certain point in your life
1: um very much got into it at a certain point um I want all my life I wanted to do it and never thought I would be good enough I'm still not sure <laughs> but as a kid and growing up and things I so wanted to do it and just didn't have the guts to do it, not even a school play. Yeah. And then I lost my husband, sadly, 14 years ago. Okay. And I remember the year after he died just sitting at home thinking, how can I get out of this? I was working then. How can I get out of this life with everybody who knows me and I need to do what I wanted to do all my life? That he wanted to play the piano and he never learned. Yeah. Or act. So it must be maybe probably 12 years ago, I thought, what do I do? How do I do this? And I went for my first acting class. Cool. And um, I've loved it, Um, but I haven't done any um, amateur dramatics. Right. Um, I think it may have helped had I done that over the years, because it's very, very hard to get any professional work.
0: So the acting that you do, is it stage? Is it screen?
1: I've done bits of both. Um, I would say latterly stage.
0: Stage. And yeah. with the the bits of screen acting that you've done, how does that compare to stage acting in terms of the like the intricate things that you have to go into?
1: I actually prefer stage acting. I get very nervous in front of the camera and i'm very nervous um and because i'm a big personality i find that it's quite hard because they always say things like rein it in yeah you know you're going to be seen so big on a screen and so it comes over a very in your face i suppose is the only way i can say it because i'm out there whereas on stage you need to project i'm told can you do that a little la- more loudly? Yeah. Which is um, <laughs> so quite amazing. But when I've done some short films and things, I'm not as nervous as I have been in a class situation.
0: Right. And so with with the improv, you've told us about how you first got into doing it. Were you aware of improv before you first did it in the classes?
1: Mm, probably not. I, I was aware that in, um, I can't remember who who is the director that always makes people improvise, Mike Lee. Right. Mike Lee makes his actors improvise most of the scenes. So I was always aware of that and thought it was very clever. And then the first time that I did any improv, I just loved it.
0: And it's called improv comedy, uh, do you always associate it with the comedy, or do you like the the other side to it as well? Because it can have a really sort of serious actor side to it.
1: Yes, I, I actually um, I like both. Yeah, I really like both.
0: And have you done a lot of a lot of long form? Um,
1: no, not really. It's more short form. Uh, the long form I've done is more with Emma.
0: Yeah, just go into the LCI dropping classes yes Yeah.
1: Yes. I did in the Simon Naylor classes we also did long form but okay. I, I've done some shows and um, they were both short form
0: right yeah and with the short form do you have any particular games that you love and any particular games that you're like oh it's not for me that one
1: <laughs> 168 is not for me <laughs> <laughs> I can't come up with the puns quick enough and I, ooh, I sort of sit there in the wings do one and then that's it and I like things in the short form games like alphabet questions only uh the interviewing games I think yeah. they're really fun
0: do you like to be the person that's interviewing or do you like to be the the random person that's being interviewed
1: well, recently I've tried both because I thought I had to. I would have said I'd prefer to be uh, the interviewer. Yeah, so that, it is great fun being the interviewee. So <laughs> I'd I do either.
0: Oh, that's cool. And what would you say improv means to you?
1: Well, right now, during all this, yeah. improv is has been the most important thing. I don't think I would have survived over these last few months without it. I'll be honest with you. And I hope it doesn't go away when things get back to normal, hopefully, because I found from just coming once a week and seeing all these lovely, friendly faces, it just is so addictive that I had to come again. And I find now that doing different things, I probably do improv four nights a week wow. on a weekend, but I probably do. I live on my own and it's like, all these people are in my house. Yeah. I think uh, it's fantastic.
0: And do you like working with the same people over and over again, or do you prefer going off and sort of improvising with lots of new people all the time?
1: Um, a bit of both. A bit of both. I think if you do it just with the same people all the time, it's going to get a little bit tiresome yeah. and repetitive. Um, so I've found myself doing different nights at Emma's brings different different people. Yeah, yeah. And I've also tried yeah. um, a couple of other things where you, do, you meet new people, but then you find you'll go to another group of those people. <laughs> Well, it's very incestuous, I
0: think. (laughs) What do you think of the the global side of things and how we're able to interact with people from all over the world?
1: I think that is incredible. That's one of my favourite things about it. When would we ever be able to do that in real life? Yeah. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, You know, when you meet people and they do things differently. As well, I think you sometimes find.
0: Yeah, certainly. I noticed because I've predominantly done LCI classes, there's lots of little things like the hand shaky thing to show applause and things like that. And I've been in other classes and I've done that and I've seen people just looking at me saying like, what's he doing? (laughs) (laughs) It
1: does seem to be quite universal. I've noticed some people click instead of wiggle their fingers. Yeah. Um but I I mean I've been in classes where there's people from America, Canada, Germany, India, Poland, <laughs> all over the place. I think that is just wonderful. Wonderful. Uh,
0: just thinking about your improv, was there a moment when you had what I call a penny drop moment where all of a sudden you thought, yes, I get improv. Improv is for me and and that was the moment when it clicked
1: um you mean recently or just generally just
0: in general with improv
1: well uh yeah i think probably emma's classes yeah a few years ago made me think i love this because the shows that i did uh i think what one was before i got roped in in would you believe New York? Oh, I worked with a wow. teacher. I worked with a teacher in London, uh, two years running, and um, very funny guy called P- uh, Peter Michael Marino, and he's an actor and improv improviser. And I he brought a show to Manchester, and I went to see it. And I was going to New York, so I contacted him. He said, oh, not meet me for a drink." At this place called the Pit, which is the People's Improv Theatre in New York. Cool. So off I went. I had a friend with me, and he put my name into a great big glass bowl. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought the whole and the whole audience got up and did a um a warm-up, which was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and then suddenly the shot started shouting people out of the audience to go up on stage <laughs> and they me. Wow. Oh, it was like so nerve-wracking. And afterwards, you know, they were all very American and very outgoing and knew just what they were doing. It was a tag someone out and you go in. I stood in the wings thinking, I've got to do this. And my friend had said, be very, very English. They'll love that. (laughs) And I'd I'd never done it before, like on stage as such. Yeah. Um, And it was nerve-wracking because you've got to think on your feet. But I just love the freedom of it all.
0: And do you have any sort of techniques for if you maybe freeze in a scene, get a bit of brain freeze, feel a bit stuck? Is there anything that you can think of that you do that you know helps get you out of it?
1: Well, I'm beginning to learn that actually, that um, a physical action can help you with that. Or mirroring very much can help you. And I find I do I do mirroring quite a lot, actually. And um, you've just got to hope that something comes. And, I think wh- your partner helps you as well, your scene partner. Yeah.
0: And what do you think to the power of silence in scenes?
1: Um, being a chatterbox, that's very hard for me, <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's great. When I watch improvisers do that, there's yeah. some people that are so good at doing it. It's very powerful. I think it's good. I need and to do it more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to anybody that was wanting to get into improv? Oh,
1: I'd tell them to come along to Emma's. Give it a try. You know, if, if you don't like it, so you don't come again. But I, I think they would. Everyone's so friendly and so lovely. And you'd be surprised. I, I think, actually, if I can mention something, Ian. Yeah. When I first started, I I did feel a little shy and a little sort of worried because everybody seemed so good. And I, I still have moments like that when I'm in awe of certain people. But the scene I did with you, with right. Little Troll. And oh, people yeah. see me on this, but having got white spiky sort of hair <laughs> when we did that scene and i just let it go that yeah. was my point at emma's oh as awesome
0: uh, i always remember that scene and people that were there often have referenced that scene to me and i should just explain for the listeners the little um little figure that linda from, is talking about from, it yeah. is it's it's pu- it's a puppet from Jeff Dunham called Peanut, and it's a little speaking like figure of Peanut the puppet. And I brought him into a scene, and the scene was just magic. And Linda was awesome, and it was it was just a really great scene.
1: So funny, so funny. My my other scene that I remember was two weeks ago, I think, when we sang together. Oh, oh yeah, that was so. <laughs>
0: did we sing about a spoon
1: we did indeed <laughs> yes i was mirroring you at first it just worked when you when you hear the other members of the class laughing ugh, oh, it's marvelous That's yeah I, so good
0: i actually had a recent conversation uh, with someone else that we play with regularly and i said that there is chemistry between you and I when we improvise. I don't know what it is, but we seem to do a lot of really good scenes together and we just work, we gel.
1: Absolutely. I've not done one for a couple of weeks with you. I need to get in there. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's because we're both daft and we don't care about, you know, game to just be a bit wacky.
0: And you have mentioned before that you are quite outgoing and... larger than life, do you think that people see you and perceive that you don't have nerves and you don't feel shy?
1: I think people do think that. that They do in any way of my life. They think I'm very, very confident, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I get that totally. Yeah.
0: Because I was in the same boat, and when I started improv and people just assumed I'd been doing it a lot longer just because I was confident in general and they didn't realise the struggle that was going on inside and how nervous I actually was.
1: Absolutely, I know exactly what you're saying. And I would have thought that about you myself, sort of when I first joined, everybody looked so confident <laughs> and as if they really know what, you know what they're doing. And when anyone's complimented me on, on what i do i'm so a bit surprised <laughs> but then you do know when a scene goes well it flows and it's a, a marvelous feeling
0: oh yeah especially on zoom when you can't see other people but if you're in a scene and you hear the laughter in the background
1: it's fantastic it really is yeah and i i did a, um, a class um the other day there with an american guy actually and i they he makes you keep your cameras on right nobody turns the cameras off at any time Okay. he wants you to be like you're in a classroom you can't hide and there's a lady in the class who's very serious very very serious i think she's a she's american professional improviser and we did a scene where someone gave me a snake and i went hysterical screaming <laughs> And it made that we said I've never seen Linda like that. That's made my day. But in my mind, this is how much improv works for you. There really was a snake in front of me.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's a great way to be, to believe in whatever character you are portraying, believe in the situation, because then you Absolutely. get the most authentic reactions.
1: Absolutely. And I mean working with Emma, you get a, a mixture of doing long form and short form. You get a mixture of everything and yeah. how
0: to handle it. See, long form sort of opened my my eyes to a whole different world of improv because to me, I'd, I'd spent my life watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? I thought yeah. everything was just short form, quick fire jokes.
1: Yeah, it is, it's, I, I, I love when we do scenes and things and you don't know what's going to come up. It's just, It's like being, I really do feel it's a bit like being in a magical world.
0: Yeah, it is. And it lives in memory more than anything, because it's very rare that we get recordings of what we're doing, unless we're doing a show or a 10 minutes with someone and it's recorded. And there's just so much gold that just gets forgotten about because we just move on to the next scene, next scene.
1: Yes. That's true, we should record everything that we do. (laughs) We can look back on them.
0: I think that's why when we get scenes like we discussed before, that we can still talk about now, we know that there was real magic in that scene because we still talk about it.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I just, it's just fascinating. I mean, I do have friends who say, oh, do you know, wish I could do it. And I say, do it. One of my friends in particular did come when I first started, she came to my second one and she's got a husband who's not very well. But right. she would so benefit from this for turning a mind. You forget everything.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And do you think it helps you just in life as well? Like your attitude yeah. in life?
1: Oh, definitely. As I said earlier, I don't think I would have coped as well as I have over these last few months. But knowing that I've got this sort of little party going on (laughs) which is not just good fun, but is actually, you know, you're actually learning a skill.
0: Yeah. And I think what's cool as well is in the classes, everyone is so different. Everyone brings something different. So we're not. Yes, we've all got a shared interest, but we're not all the same. So we learn so much from each other.
1: That's right. And that fascinates me when I watch people that I don't expect to do these magical scenes, because when you sort of say hello, they're, you know, you, they say hello, and that's it and say the same. And then in a the scene they appear and they're so clever.
0: Yeah. I think some and... people being clever in, in a scene and you think, wow, how have they done that? Because they've had such a short time and it's such a short scene, and they've they've done so much with it.
1: Yes, they seem. I suppose you can't look at yourself and know that. They see, yes, it seems like as if they they'd actually rehearsed it. Yeah. Some uh,
0: and I think that is is a sign of a great performer when when you're convinced that now they've got to practice that.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. And when my friends watched the shows that we did, well, they came to the last one, they thought it was, you know, very clever how with some of the games and things, the, the way people did them, uh, they were quite fascinated with it. And they're the three acting friends of mine that came. They yeah. loved it. Absolutely and loved it.
0: How do you feel about actually seeing yourself Performing in the scene? Because in real life, we don't have that. We don't perform in front of a mirror.
1: No. Oh, I've never thought about that, actually. I'm um, not so thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, very strangely, I have just ordered some frameless glasses. All right. Because I've just had my eyes retested and the lenses have changed a little bit. And why have I done that? It's like saying about seeing yourself, because here I appear. No one can see me, obviously, on this, but <laughs> wearing my glasses because I cannot see zoom properly if I don't. Yeah. So if you take them off, like now. Oh I, no, I can just. There's a blurry face there. I can see us, but like now I can see us properly. But <laughs> I don't actually look like this here. I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You know, I'm going to have some glasses made without frames. Ah, yeah. So they're not arrived yet. And I think I might be happier wearing those. They will be my Zoom glasses.
0: I think me being a glasses wearer as well. One of my biggest issues is the glare of the screen.
1: Yes, you do sometimes get that, don't you? Yeah, I've noticed a count when there's a class full and the majority of people are wearing glasses. I can't.
0: Yeah, I think think everyone sort of struggles with eyesight. I think it's very rare if someone doesn't have some kind of eyesight issue.
1: I know, especially as you get older. And and it is quite fashionable to wear glasses. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'd never thought about that. It is kind of fashionable to wear glasses, isn't it? I've
1: got two granddaughters that wear glasses. Oh, and they're really proud of their glasses. And their sisters (laughs) want to have them. (laughs) Anyway, that's getting away from improv,
0: really, isn't it? That's fine. Let's just get uh, slightly away from improv and talk about what you were doing before improv in terms of work because you said uh, that, obviously, you found acting and then improv later in life. What was your job beforehand?
1: Well, um, I was always secretarial. And uh, many years ago, 30-odd years ago, I wasn't working. I was a full-time mum and my late husband lost his job uh, the company went bankrupt and one day he's at work and next day he's got a box of all his goodies oh. from his drawer and the two of us went into business together um, from the spare bedroom right. and the work he'd been in was he sold leather coats okay. uh, wholesale so we, we started a little business and he went to London every week and bought some things and then he'd sell them. He had all his customers. I did all the accounts and the secretarial bit. And then we got a showroom, which we shared with someone. And from there, it, um, the business grew and grew yeah. actually. And so for many years, I, I, I've been retired now probably about seven years.
0: Oh wow.
1: Six or seven years. Uh but my two sons run the business now. Oh awesome. And um so I I I never really had time to do anything else because I worked full-time. Yeah. Um I would never have done acting at that point in my life. I wouldn't have had the time.
0: And with the acting, you mentioned that you you have an agent. Talk us yes. through the process of how you got an agent. How did it happen?
1: Ah, well. Way back when I first started acting, I went to an acting school um, every Saturday in Bolton, right. and he actually got me on Spotlight, which you can't get any jobs or anything really. Very difficult if you're not on Spotlight. I then kept looking up things, and because of course I was on my own by then, yeah. looking for things to do, and I found a class in London, a four day class. And there was a friend of mine who unexpectedly, neither of us knew we were acting. She arrived at the class one day and I asked, did she fancy trying this four day event in London? And off we went. The whole class was full of very professional actors and it was for four days. And at the end of it, we had to perform a scene in front of a panel of casting directors. Oh, wow. Talk about out of your depth, (laughs) from there, We would go occasionally on a Saturday for uh, a class. It was just a great thing to do. And uh, the, the woman who we went to, um, is a woman called Zoe Nathanson, who just to add in was actually Bob Hoskins' daughter in in the film, Mona Lisa. Oh, really? Uh, she was about 17 then she's in her forties now, and she started an agency and invited me and my friend to join it and because she had no one on the books she only just started from there i got another agent through a class i went to in manchester with a very well-known guy called david johnson and then from there i think i got this one i was at actors lab and they offered me management so i changed again, and um it's really good but you you know there's not a lot going i've done a couple of adverts for them i I, I did one this year amidst all this (laughs) pandemic i did a great advert actually it was great fun
0: was it an in-person advert
1: yes we were asked would we do it because jan my friend because we're friends we asked would we work together and we said yes we would we've both been very vigilant So it was, we did the audition. We did a self tape at my house, sent it off and got the job for the the Rugby League World Cup. Oh, wow. We we filmed it with um, a crew of about 20 odd people, all masked up. And uh, we did it at night outside an old bingo hall. And, um, they put lights and everything up and we, we are the bingo besties who are <laughs> living big net bingo, can't even say it, bingo pals. <laughs> uh, it it was on in the summer when they were selling the tickets and I reckon it'll come on again oh, before cool. November when it starts and we got paid. It was the best pun,
0: And the adverts pay
1: well? Uh, they do. <laughs> they <do> very well. <laughs> Some more than others, but you know when you've had three hours of absolutely hysterical fun, and yeah. you get paid, very nice.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so away from work and away from improv, and in in a non pandemic world, what do you like to do with yourself? How do you enjoy spending your time?
1: Right. Well, I always find acting classes to go to so I make sure that at least once a week I'm doing some acting class so you keep that muscle going yeah and I really enjoy that worked with a lot of different teachers and some of it's quite stressful because you're learning scripts every week and but it's good to do so I like to do that and occasionally I have a theatre thing to do especially in Manchester Fringe Theatre um, I have grandchildren, so I help out there when I can, and I, I like to do play readings as well, which I'm still doing uh online. I've got one on Friday with Hope Mill Theatre. Oh, cool. Um, and busy myself uh, as much as I can. This is hard for me because I'm not used to being in, and am <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the. Theatre in Manchester. In Manchester, is that where you're based?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And you're, you're from Manchester, always lived in Manchester?
1: Um, I was brought up and my early marriages were in North Manchester. We moved to South Manchester 21 years ago. So, but my kids still live in North Manchester.
0: Okay, cool. Uh,
1: now, just thinking you
0: know, of, of TV and comedy in particular, growing up, did you have any sort of TV shows or comedians that that you just particularly loved?
1: Oh well, I love Julie Walters. Yeah, she's just my favourite actress. I think she's brilliant. Um, I mean, there were I used to love what well, as a kid there used to be programmes on way before your time. And <laughs> they used to programmes on at six o'clock every right. night American comedies like Gilligan's Isle. And Petticoat Junction, and me and my <laughs> little sister, we are—we were only talking about it the other day. But um, I do like anything that Julie Walters does. I love uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's now. I think oh yeah, amazing.
0: I think amazing. with Julie Walters, what's great about her is she can be so funny yeah at the same time she can have you in, in tears because she's so Absolutely. heartbreakingly good with the serious side of things
1: incredible an incredible actress I think Meryl Streep also a bit different because she's Hollywood star yeah but I think um she's also someone that you never know who they're gonna be
0: yeah I I remember Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia and she sung The Winner Takes It All and I I had some friends and they were like oh she's not very good at singing that and I was like if you listen carefully though it's not about her having a good voice or not it's about the emotion and the emotion that she brought to the song was incredible.
1: Telling the story absolutely incredible um I really admire something I mean I started very late so once doing with david johnson the teacher he had a (laughs) we had a class where we did week after week characters and he was saying very important that you're able to play different characters and he actually made us all sit and watch a video of lots of different people who were very very good at characters well-known actors like daniel day lewis and meryl streep and he said your career, you will have such a long career. Well, the class was full of 20 year olds, and then there was me. I'm 72 now. So I had to say to him, David, with all the will in the world, I don't think I'm going to have a very long shelf life. <laughs>
0: You mentioned uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, what do you feel about people like Daniel Day-Lewis who are method actors and just become the, the role for whatever the duration of the filming process?
1: Well, I think there's room for both sorts of actors. I think it's very clever if they can do that. I don't think it's something I could do. <laughs> I really don't. Um, yes, I suppose it depends on your whole character and personality to be able to live it.
0: And if you had any roles that has required you to get emotional, and it's it's been a, an emotional process every time you go and do the show, and if so, is it hard to get back to your normal bubbly self afterwards?
1: Uh, well, I did a lot of Meisner training. I did four years of Meisner training, which teaches you to imagine things, and what does it, I think something about. Being truthful is using your imagination in a truthful moment. I can't remember the exact phrase, but that helped a lot to because the minute you finish doing that, it's gone because you imagined that you had a dying child or something. It yeah. wasn't real. They really taught you not to use real life things. Wow but something that's really happened to you. But saying that, I mean, I did a play called Come Die With Me, (laughs) Um, was about a woman losing a husband and there was a coffin in the room and you had to do it. It was actually a black comedy, but I had to be very emotional at part. And I had to start off by going, doing a pre-show, so as people were coming in, I was already on stage, going in and out of the room, looking at the coffin, and I was so emotional because yeah, I, I, I can't help but think about my own personal circumstances. But it helped; it worked. So
0: yeah, um, well, because it, it was genuine emotion. So
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you can't get better acting but than that. That,
1: that, that is hard. I think if you, you know very hard, if you've got to do something, I've never done anything for a long run. So um, I think if you have, and it's very emotional, must absolutely wear you out. Uh,
0: So back to improv, is there anyone in improv or in comedy? I know we mentioned Julie Walters before as being someone that you're a fan of as an actor. Is there anyone that inspires you in improv?
1: of people we know or yeah
0: anyone anyone that you can think of emma emma bird
1: emma bird Who well i think she's (laughs) incredible i think she's very clever when i mean i did a scene with her and it was totally bonkers the scene (laughs) which i didn't expect but she i think she's brilliant at what she does and she hasn't paid me to say that.
0: <laughs> did you feel extra nervous when you were going to do a scene with Emma?
1: Yes, I did. Say, <laughs> I have to say. But It was just so wacky that uh, I just joined in with the wackiness of it all. Yeah. She started with such an odd voice. that you know, <laughs> you couldn't help it. Funny.
0: Yeah, she's great with voices. She's a real character person, isn't she? She just brings characters to life so well
1: amazing amazing and that's what's good to to do actually when you're doing characters it helps
0: yeah yeah i i love characters myself i love just sticking a voice <laughs> I <know>. on her
1: <laughs> i know i just love your little cocktail glass <laughs> <laughs>
0: The funny thing is, I'm sort of known, I should say to the listeners, I'm known for, I've got this little cardboard cocktail glass, which comes into a lot of scenes, and um, I'm sort of known for this cocktail glass, but I don't even drink in life, I'm teetotal completely.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go, (laughs) your character does. May I add, also wears a little tiara and pearls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Maybe if people come to one of our LCI shows, they might be able to see this in action.
1: We've got one coming up. Or we well, maybe not. The- maybe after this, I don't know. Yeah,
0: so this will air after our show. But is it February tenth? Oh, nice. February tenth is that when we've agreed?
1: I think it is. Yes.
0: So people will be able to go back on uh, the Liverpool Comedy Improv Facebook page and see that show.
1: They will indeed. Yeah.
0: And just as we're coming to a close, and we've spoken about Facebook, there is there anywhere where people can find you on social media to see any of your work or just make contact with you and maybe do a scene with you.
1: Well, yes, I'm on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Linda Aaron and Linda with a Y and Aaron with two R's. Um, I'd love to do a scene with. Uh, if someone wants to do a ten-minute scene with me, please find me, and um, that would be lovely.
0: Superb. Well, thank you very much, Linda. It's been an absolute pleasure, and that is going to bring our interview to a close.
1: Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it, Ian. I look forward to doing more scenes with you.
0: Oh yeah, same here. Uh, So thank you very much. I've got to say goodbye. So goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye
1: everyone.
0: Thank you so much to Linda, a really great interview. She's such a lovely bubbly person and she's got some really great stories to tell. So thank you very much. That was an absolute pleasure. Now, if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv, and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Improv. You can also find me, Ian Luke Jones, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, I am at Ian Luke Jones on pretty much all things and if you find me on YouTube you can find various videos that I've done of me doing improv. Plus you'll find a motivational Monday video every Monday, a humorous moment every Wednesday and loads of other stuff uh, that just gets uh, bugged on there every now and again. Now I've always said... The ordinary people often have the most extraordinary stories, and I hope that that is the vibe that you're getting from this podcast. I think that we are really getting an insight into people that have got great stories that deserve to be heard. So come back again next week, and we'll have another great interview for you. And if you've not heard the previous podcast yet, then why not go back and listen to anything that you've missed out on so far? But before I go here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember that whatever the situation, to treat life like improv
1: and yes and...